2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Here's your host, Alexander Garrett.
0: Well, you're going to hear this theme song. You're going to hear the SEC's teams named a lot. Obviously, LSU in the college playoffs, as is clemson and ohio state and oklahoma big Four tomorrow four teams tomorrow but amidst the whole thing will be notre dame football and i'll allow me uh welcoming back len clark of irish illustrated 101 fan media network and his friend phil hauck how are you guys today uh we're doing great today alex thanks a lot for
2: having us on and uh For your listeners that that aren't familiar with me, I know you're going to get the main act here in a second with Len Clark, Uh, but my name is Phil Houck, and I uh, do a radio show uh, out of uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I've been covering Notre Dame football for 23 years, Uh, and uh, we are looking forward to the game tomorrow, and it's a great way for folks to kick off uh, their uh, college football playoff uh, Festival Day tomorrow by watching the Irish tomorrow morning at noon,
0: and uh, that'll be that'll be a great game. And, and of course, Notre Dame has Ian Book. We'll get to them in a second. But I want to ask you guys, what's it like every time bowl season rolls around? It's got to be exciting, uh, even even if Notre Dame make doesn't make it. But when they do, it's even more exciting around this time.
2: Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, Notre Dame uh, since 1970 has been in I think 36 bowl games. And we do look, at, look forward to these. Uh, you never know where you're going to be. And it, it can be quite a rush, though, if you think about it, because we don't really know where the uh, travel arrangements are going to have to be to until the last minute. And so it can be kind of difficult, like what Lynn and I have gone through today, uh, to try to get to Orlando. And we're, we're almost there today. But uh, we love uh, the bowl atmosphere. It's usually the, the festivities are turned up just a, a notch. And uh, not only that, but you're always facing a really top-notch opponent. And uh, Iowa State, who is the opponent for the Irish uh, tomorrow, uh, it is very underrated. I believe at seven and five, folks think, think they're a bit of a pushover, but they are an extremely competitive team. And they they have a one-point loss to uh, uh, whom I think of Oklahoma, a one-point loss to Baylor, a two-point loss to. Uh, Oklahoma State, they've been very close in all of their losses that they've had this season, and they own a win over Texas. So, a very well-coached team. The Irish will have their hands full
0: tomorrow. And obviously, I'm thinking about this, because the Irish were in the college playoff situation last year against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. It was a pretty ugly game, to be honest. But what do you think they learned from that last year?
2: Well, what they learned from the game last year was that there was just going to be a there's, they're not quite at that level of the elite teams. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you know, Notre Dame now 33 and six over the last uh, three seasons. They've played extremely well. Uh, they're they're proud. They're without a doubt with that sort of a record, playing the schedule that they play. They're in the top 10 of programs out there over the last three years. That's the good news. But I think what it showed against Clemson last year was that the Irish were lacking. Uh, in the area of overall team speed and team depth, Notre Dame got hurt in that bowl game when, uh, when uh, Julian Love, their All-American defensive back, went out and Clemson was able to exploit that and score three touch, quick touchdowns in the second quarter. So Notre Dame's lacking a little bit of depth and a little bit of speed. And uh, I think Brian Kelly and, and the Notre Dame program in general has really tried to address that in the offseason by upping their game in the recruiting area to try and address those areas.
0: It was a very interesting season for Notre Dame, right? So they they end up losing to Georgia, which was a tough game to begin with. But then they went against Virginia Tech, and then they went against USC. So they had a lot of quality wins, uh, and they were still competitive in the ones they lost, wouldn't you say?
2: Well, uh, they were certainly competitive against Georgia, but uh, the really fly in the ointment for the Irish this year was – uh, the big loss that they had against Michigan, uh, Notre Dame just for whatever reason just didn't seem to show up in that ball game, gave up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to Michigan. Michigan uh, won that night going away. and that really hurt the Irish because up until that point, with the close loss to Georgia, the Irish were still in the conversation for uh, a college football playoff uh, berth, and they were ranked, I think seventh at the time in the in the AP poll. Uh, having really a good season and then the Michigan game came along and that dropped the Irish all the way down to 16th and they never recovered from that ranking despite the fact that they won five straight in the month against November as you mentioned Alex against some pretty good football teams
0: well and so Phil Houck I have to ask us, by the way because I'm a New Yorker and I love Yankee history no relation to Ralph Houck right uh, I have used
2: that line to get tickets to baseball games before, but Uncle Ralph actually isn't related to me at all, but I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Ralph Houck, uh, the great manager of the, of the Yankees, and and uh, he actually, Ralph Houck actually managed in the minor leagues at one time out in, uh, I think out west in Denver, and my uncle tells the story about meeting Ralph Houck uh, growing up uh, and going to a ball game in Denver or something when he managed in the minor leagues. Uh, but no relation that we know of.
0: Now actually sticking with the Yankees, you know, one of the first games I really got into it was at Yankee Stadium, Notre Dame and Army. Now, you've been covering this 23 years, Phil. That game was exhilarating. I'm sure you were at it, right? at Yankee Stadium, the new one?
2: Uh, no, I didn't get to go to that game and and my colleagues though that went there were were just, I mean thrilled to 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 go to uh, Yankee Stadium. And Notre Dame has a great tradition there. I mean, for heaven's sake, that's where Rochte, uh gave his famous halftime speech about win one for the Gipper was right there in the old Yankee Stadium. And of course, uh, the Irish uh, returned to the new Yankee Stadium. They played Syracuse there last year. Uh, well, and Notre Dame American, has a great, actually. yeah, and Notre Dame has a, just a great tradition uh, and connection to to the city of New York, uh, without a doubt.
0: Uh, would you mind tell us a little more about that? Because I'm I'm curious now what further connection they might have to this beautiful city outside well, of football, outside that, of Newt Rockney. Yeah, I you
2: know I'm I'm I, you know I can I I can tell you a few things about that. Uh, I know that it goes all the way back to Newt Rockney, who uh, at the time back in the twenties, there were probably the two biggest sports celebrities in the entire country, uh, was. Newt Rockney and a guy named Babe Ruth, and those two actually were connected in a lot of areas. Uh, there are publicity photos that they did together. Uh, there, are, I've, I've seen them. Uh, and Rockney had a connection to the city of New York. There were a lot of uh, Irish Catholics in the city of New York, uh, and they kind of coined the term, what Notre Dame fans call as the Subway alumni, came from the city of New York. Those are folks who cheer for Notre Dame but didn't didn't graduate from Notre Dame. They're called the Subway Alumni. Uh, that came out of the city of New York. So Notre Dame has played uh, I don't know at least a dozen times in Yankee Stadium sure. over the years, and, and definitely has a connection there. And uh, there was a connection back in the '20s as the two biggest sports celebrities in the country was the Notre Dame football coach and Babe Ruth.
0: Well, how about that? And of course, win one for the Gipper still is a lasting legacy, is it not? And, and I'm sure that speech gets played almost every year, if not every year, at Notre Dame at some point during the season. Well, it does in my house. <laughs> <So>
2: <laughs> have we, I love the New Rock All-American, a, a movie that was made uh, in 1940, starring, starring uh, Ronald Reagan and Pat O'Brien, and that tells that story of that. And, of course, George Gipp was played by Ronald Reagan. Uh, but that movie premiered in... Uh, South Bend, which is my hometown. I'm originally from South Bend, where Notre Dame is located. Sure. And that tells the story of, of George Gipp, who was a remarkable character and a tremendous athlete.
0: Well, Phil, I got to ask you, uh, you have a radio show you mentioned. What What are Irish fans calling about this week? what What's really getting to them that, that they wanted answers from you about?
2: Well, Notre Dame fans, uh, first of all, were not too thrilled about the Camping World Bowl. Uh, at 10-2, and two, Notre Dame's probably had by rights and in most years had earned a right to go to one of the bigger bowls. Uh, the Orange Bowl wanted Notre Dame. The Cotton Bowl wanted Notre Dame. But there's that matter of contracts and conference affiliations that really sunk Notre Dame in that regard. Uh, so they're at the Camping World Bowl. Then the other thing that Notre Dame fans are talking about right now is, is uh, Iowa State. Well, they're seven and five. They're not any good. Well, we you and I talked about that earlier already. They're they're seven and five, but they're about as good a team at seven and five as there is in the country. I'm convinced of that. But then the other thing that Notre Dame fans are talking about is that Brian Kelly let go of his uh, pretty successful offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago, and that's Chip Long, and uh, and we'll be going into this game one coach short and with a with a rookie play caller, the quarterbacks coach. Uh, Tom Reese will be playing the calling the plays for Notre Dame tomorrow. So, those are three things that Notre Dame fans are talking about right now.
0: And that name is very familiar, Tommy Reese. He was, if I'm not mistaken, the QB at Yankee Stadium that year. And uh, you know, he he was a great QB for for Notre Dame.
2: Well, Tommy Reese was the kind of guy, and it's really perfect that he ended up being a football coach because didn't have a ton of physical skills. Uh, But he was a very savvy, very smart player, understood the game well. He's a coach's kid. His dad uh, is is a football coach and was raised in that environment. And so, you know, to me, my way of thinking, Tommy Reese becoming a football coach is kind of like for the same reason why a lot of bullpen catchers end up being great managers in Major League Baseball. It's because they, they have to really work and understand the game in order to make a living at it kind of like Tommy Reese had to do. He had to become a student of the game and really understand it well. So Tommy Reese was uh, a pretty good quarterback through a lot of touchdown passes for Notre Dame, uh, but never had uh, that reputation for being a great quarterback, just a good leader, solid guy. And now he's in the coaching game. And now a lot of pressure's on Tommy Reese uh, because he's going to be calling the game tomorrow for Notre Dame. His first time ever doing that, and he's doing it in a bowl game.
0: Well, how about that? Of course, the pressure in Yankee Stadium had to be huge as well. It's Yankee Stadium uh, for, for the young quarterback back then in 2010. Now, you I, got I, that right. I don't know if Len can talk for a minute, but what's what's your thoughts, Len on Len Clark on all this coming up tomorrow?
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to pass the phone over to Len, and he's got a, he wants to pass his thoughts on to answer that question.
1: Hi, Alex. I don't know what I could add. I think Phil gave you a comprehensive preview of the Camping World Bowl and talked about some of the traditions of the fighting Irish in New York City. So I'll answer any question you might have.
0: Well, I know you do stuff for Fan Media Network. Uh, What what can people on there expect from you tomorrow? In-depth coverage, I'm sure, from the Camping World Bowl.
1: Well, with the Fan Media Report, we give them a minute and 10 seconds. So it's just basically a recap of the game itself from a Notre Dame perspective, and hopefully it will be a positive note for the fighting Irish tomorrow, but this is really going to be a game that's going to set the tone for the rest of the bowl games. As Phil said, a lot of Notre Dame fans are unhappy about being in the Camping World Bowl, but as we say, it's good to be Notre Dame, but it's also bad to be Notre Dame, and this year it kind of bit Notre Dame with that 10-2 and two record. Sure. And we're actually going to see Brock Purdy, the quarterback of Iowa State, who is probably going to be a leading candidate for the Heisman tomorrow and his candidacy really begins tomorrow against the Fighting Irish. It's the first time these two schools have ever met. So uh, Iowa State's fans bought their apartment of tickets immediately. A lot of Notre Dame fans still a little bit angry about where they're playing. And so look for it to be a very partisan cyclone cl- crowd tomorrow at the, the Camping World Bowl.
0: Now, I know you do Irish Illustrated 101 and, and uh, Irish 101, I should say. What was on the podcast this week? What did you guys cover for for Notre Dame fans? Well,
1: the Irish 101 flash briefing that I give is a daily update of what's going on with the program. But with Irish Illustrated, the beat writers got together and really talked about uh, the opponent, the Cyclones of Iowa State. And a lot of the conversation was about Tom Reese. It was announced yesterday that he would officially be named the play caller. And that's something that we had speculated, but it was confirmed in a press conference after practice with Brian Kelly. And so really, this is an audition for Tom Reese uh, to put his hat, uh, name in the hat of the the position candidacy for the offensive coordinator we think he has a very good shot of getting that position and a, a lot of it is predicated on the play calling tomorrow but then again it's also talking about this quarterback of Iowa State who is probably as I said going to be a leading candidate for the Heisman next year and so it's going to be a great football game and you never can tell when Notre Dame gets together We'll because kind of, we'll see what kind of product they're going to put on the field and this is the last game of the year Notre Dame would like to end it at 11-2 and two, but Iowa State would like to send a message to say, hey, that 7-5 and five record is just smoke and mirrors.
0: Now, I want to ask your thoughts on the college playoffs as well in a minute, but i got to ask you this one thing that I've wondered often is, what is it about the Touchdown Jesus that everybody loves? I mean, it's an amazing piece of art in the end zone, but give a little historical context to those who may not know.
1: Well, the Touchdown Jesus is the Hesburgh Library, the Hesburgh Memorial Library on the campus of the University of Notre Dame. It's the tallest college library in the country, and it was built in in 1964. It was completed, and so I think by chance the the mural, the Word of Life, uh, depicting Christ as the teacher, is perfectly positioned in the north end zone to give that iconic view, but uh, the Catholic religion and the University of Notre Dame, it's all about iconography, so you take a look at the Golden Dome and the Grotto and Touchdown Jesus. This really ties into the, the Notre Dame story. It's the symbols and the iconography that are just as important to the Notre Dame football program, as the players and the coaches who have helped build the program itself.
0: Now, I got to be honest with you. Uh, some people, I think, were maybe a little confused with Notre Dame and Notre Dame. Is did they get back to Notre Dame Cathedral at all as a university, knowing that their namesake was burned down uh, pretty badly? At, with the, the
1: university, yeah, University of Notre Dame last year, after the Notre Dame Cathedral was burned, sent over a substantial amount of money that they raised to help in the restoration and from what we understand, that that restoration has been going quite well, and the French authorities are going to say it's going to be back to the, uh, not to the original, but it will be back open to the public sometime in the near future. But uh, it, yes, the, note, the the Holy Cross Order that runs the University of Notre Dame was founded by a French priest, and it is based in France, but a lot of people don't know that that French priest was also accompanied by six Irish brothers, and so there is a little Irish history in that order as well, and in building the foundation that is now called the University of Notre Dame.
0: Well, what what do you guys think in uh, Notre Dame? I just love the name. I love the prestige of it. What's the best Christmas present aside from a win that that Notre Dame fans can get this year? Being that you know the camping world is the camping world, and it it may not suit where Notre Dame should be. But what present do uh, do you think we should uh, want? Uh, not just a win, but but performance wise from say Ian Book and what? others.
1: Well, I think an early Christmas present was on early signing day, where the Fighting Irish pretty much filled out their roster for the 2020 class, and that's really, if you take a look at the record this year, Notre Dame, 10 and two. Hopefully, 11 and two at the end of the game tomorrow. But that going down to Georgia, and despite losing to the Bulldogs, it really sent a message to college football fans and college athletes all over the United States. That Notre Dame is a program on the rise, and if they could recruit SEC territory like they did this year and last year, the the speed that Phil talked about earlier, this is where the skill players are located. So Notre Dame, over the past couple of seasons, has really made inroads in the South, and that's really going to be tested in the near future. You're going to see the results of the recruiting that has been – been done by the coaches and the assistant coaches, you're going to see the benefits of that recruiting in the South in the next couple of years. You saw it this year with a freshman in the secondary defensively, Kyle Hamilton, who was a freshman All-American. That's the type of players that Notre Dame is getting out of the South and look for a pipeline to be put into place and continue over the next couple of seasons. And so things are on the rise, although this is a down year. As I said, it's good to be Notre Dame. It's also bad to be Notre Dame. It's just one of those years where Notre Dame has to take it on the chin but look for next year really to be a, a year where Notre Dame really could kind of get back into that national playoffs picture once again.
0: And by the way, uh, talking with Phil Houck and Len Clark, Len and Phil, thanks for joining me today. Uh, let's talk a bit about Brian Kelly. The guy is a genius. Uh, what's his feeling like going into this?
1: Well, I think Brian, you know, he, every year he sets goals. The goal this year was to get another 10-game game win season. It was to graduate the players and to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. They accomplished two of those goals. And it's something that uh, is going to be set for next season that they did not accomplish a goal with team number 131, but team number 132 at the University of Notre Dame has has something to accomplish. They need to get back on that national level once again in terms of the college football playoffs. And uh, this is going to be a game that is going to be remembered, that They were overlooked by the committee and we'll let politics be politics. The athletic directors and the conference will work it out. But this is really, I think really a big game tomorrow because if Notre Dame does lose to Iowa state, that means that the reconstruction process is still underway. A win tomorrow just means that new treads will be put on the tires and they'll, they'll keep going 85 miles an hour next year.
0: And obviously I had to say this, but the college playoffs are on on the same day. So, It's important that Notre Dame plays early, right, to get that exposure, to get it before everybody really heats up for the playoff games.
1: Well, anytime you can get a product on the field to get more playing experience, and that's why Notre Dame does go to a bowl every year, is that they want to – actually, it's it's the first step toward the 2020 football season. And so this is really the last chapter of the fall of 2019, but the beginning of the – football season in 2020. And so this is a very important game. And Notre Dame is experimenting with Tom Reese as the offensive coordinator. You'll see some players that will not be in a uniform next year. Uh, Examples, Chase Claypool and Khalid Kareem. But it's also a chance to uh, get some of the players who came to Notre Dame to get some experience and have them fight for a position when springtime comes.
0: And by the way, last time I heard the name Tommy Reese, I remember Don Cricky calling plays for him. Uh, on the radio, so that's kind of my affinity. Where where that started?
1: Yeah, Tom Reese, as I said, uh, Phil said it. You no, know, he's like a bullpen catcher. Is that he studies the game, and a lot of people don't remember that in 2012 he was definitely an integral part coming in to spell Everett Golson number of times in that season to help Notre Dame get to the national uh, championship game against Alabama. And so I think he's got a bright future. Hopefully, it will be at Notre Dame, but. As I said, this is the first step uh, toward 2020 tomorrow. We'll see what kind of product is put on the field.
0: All right. One more thing, because Notre Dame faithful obviously know this name, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Does he ever get to any playoff games, Rudy Weininger?
1: Rudy is it will pop up when you least expect it. He's on the Notre Dame campus uh, constantly. I think he lives out in Las Vegas now or in Texas, but he is uh, always around. And I've only met him one time. He is a very inspirational person. Uh, it's a basic message saying, "Hey, hang around with people who will help you fulfill your dreams, as opposed to beating you down." And it's just a simple message, and sometimes the simplest messages are the ones that are the most effective.
0: Now, I know you guys gotta get really covering this for tomorrow, but gotta ask your thoughts on the bigger picture with the playoffs coming up. What what can we what can college football enthusiasts inspect and expect for tomorrow night?
1: I think you can expect the unexpected. Anything could happen in terms of the college football playoffs, and we'll see who is the team that uh, is going to rise above everybody else. And so it's the traditional powers back in, but LSU has a lot of momentum with their Heisman Trophy winner. And so I'm just going to sit back and watch and learn and just uh, sit back and enjoy the experience.
0: Phil, any lasting words, any thoughts on uh, tomorrow night as well as, as the bowl game for Notre Dame?
2: Alex, I I, I didn't catch that, uh, but if you're looking for uh, some final words for uh, what I think is going to happen tomorrow, maybe?
0: Sure, go for it.
2: Okay. Uh, I think the motivation is going to play a big role in this game, and it concerns me from a Notre Dame perspective uh, because Iowa State, I think, has a lot to prove tomorrow. Uh, uh, They're really happy to be playing in a game against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, on the other hand, uh, I think they're going to have to manufacture a little bit of their enthusiasm for this football game. It's a little bit of a disappointment uh, going into the game. That concerns me. It also concerns me that the line on this football game is only three and a half points. That tells you something. Uh, traditionally, or at least uh, from a distance, you'd look at this and say, "Oh, Notre Dame's a big favorite against a 75 Iowa State team. Well, Iowa State's really good. So I think it's just a terrific matchup tomorrow. Uh, but Notre Dame has better athletes, and they play really good defense. It's strength against strength. This is a good passing team in Iowa State, and Notre Dame plays good pass defense. So I think Notre Dame can match up well in that position. Notre Dame has better athletes. I look for a close game tomorrow, but I think the Irish will prevail.
0: Well, we shall hope so, and we shall be watching with eager eyes. Remember the, remind me the time again one, once more.
2: That's going to be noon on uh, ABC, ABC uh- uh, noon Eastern Time or Noon South Bend Time, as I like to say. All
0: right, guys. Well, thanks so much. Get there safe, and we will talk to you maybe a post game recap uh, on Monday or so, if you would, if you guys like. And uh, we we'd
2: enjoy that. Thanks. All right.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Great
2: talking to you. Great talking you to you.
0: Len. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Len and Phil Len Clark, Phil Hauk. And by the way, Notre Dame is a much bigger program than just football they've got hockey they've got basketball in the acc so they are a well-rounded sports program but tomorrow all eyes on the fighting irish of notre dame now one piece of news tonight in new york city a legend has passed mr don imus at 79 has passed away today uh if you remember the imus in the morning jim golds if you remember his caustic behavior on the air his his mannerisms on the air his deep voice uh one of a kind and i'm sure the new york radio world will miss him no matter how controversial he was still a big loss for the radio community of new york city and and the nation because he was nationally syndicated with that i'm alexander garrett thanks for joining this edition and we will talk to you soon go irish